Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. Today, I'm coming with a heart of empowerment. I'm coming with a heart that is leaning towards empowerment that is leaning towards empowerment, that a believer has got to be empowered. A believer, you've got to be empowered. And as we continue with our teaching series on contending, as we continue on this teaching series on contending, today we are on uh, part number, part number four. Today we're on part number four. So today we are dealing with contending for knowledge. Contending for knowledge. Somebody say contending for knowledge. So I want to encourage you, if you have missed any one of these teachings, I want you to take advantage of technology, of our social media handles, the YouTube, as well as the Facebook. Let's go. On part number one, we dealt with contending for the opportunity. That was part number one. And number two, we dealt with contending for progress. Contending for progress. And last Sunday, we dealt with contending for the promise. Contending for the promise. And I pray that God will give us grace at some point to go back to contending for promise and perhaps expand that a little bit more, expand that a little bit more. But I sense uh, a grace this morning towards empowerment. I sense a grace this morning towards empowerment. And we want to look at contending for knowledge, contending for knowledge. Just say to somebody sitting next to you, contending for knowledge. If you are joining us online, please do go ahead and interact with us via the chat section, both on Facebook as well as in YouTube. Just use the chat section. That is going to be your modern voice in Jesus' precious and mighty name. And our text for reference this morning is going to be a popular passage of the text that I want to believe beyond any shadow of doubt that majority of believers do know that verse. Just keep, please keep playing. Don't change it. Thank you. A majority of us, we do know uh, just part of that verse, but we have never really gone into the context around it and the full verse. So I want us to go to Hosea chapter number four, verse number six. Hosea chapter number four, verse number six. Hosea chapter number four. On verse number six, and I'm going to read from both the NIV as well as the New King James Version. So I'll start with the NIV, and then I will go to the New King James Version. The NIV, it says, My people are destroyed from lack of what? My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Majority of us, that's where we end, isn't it? If we are to be very honest with each other, that's where we normally end. But let's, let's read the whole verse, and then I'll try and teach around the context of the whole chapter. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because, 
This is the reason why they are perishing or they are being destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest. That's number one. Reason number two. Because you have ignored the law of your God. And God goes on to say, I will also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore even your children. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. The New King James Version, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten. The NIV, it says, because you have ignored. But the New King James Version, it says, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. So, this passage of the text that we are dealing with is a time when Israel had forsaken God, had turned her focus from God and abandoned God. And when you look at it from verse number one, I want to perhaps maybe paint a picture that may help us just to understand the kind of a situation that the people of Israel were going through. I like you to equate it to somebody who is unwell, right? Someone who is very, very unwell. And I want you to picture God coming in as a medical profession or as a medical practitioner, put it that way. And he's looking at these, these people. So from verse number one, two, three, four, five, we see this God who is looking at this nation, picture that is a person, who is unwell. And as he's looking at a nation that is unwell, God begins to see symptoms of someone who is unwell. In this case, a nation that is unwell. He begins to see symptoms. And uh, like every good medical practitioner, you don't prescribe before you diagnose. Am I talking to somebody in the house? You don't prescribe any medication or any treatment before there is a diagnosis. But the process of diagnosing a problem is helped by symptoms. By symptoms. That's why when you are unwell, you go to visit your doctor. They ask you loads of questions. They are looking for symptoms that would help them to diagnose the problem that you have. So, as God is looking at the people of Israel, allow me just to read from verse number one. He says, hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. So in other words, God is saying, I have an issue with you. There, there is no faithfulness. Can you see the symptoms now? There is no love. There is no acknowledgement of God in the land. I'm using the NIV. Verse number two, he says, there is only cursing. There is lying 
there is murder, there is stealing, there is adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. He's, 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 he's showing them the symptoms of a problem in this nation. Verse number three says, because of, the, because of this, the land dries up. So the problem is not just affecting people, but the problem is also affecting the land. Because of this, the land dries up and all who live in it waste away. In other words, they are weak. The beast of the field. Can you see the extent of the problem? It's not just affecting people, but it's affecting the land, and it's also now affecting the animal kingdom. The beasts of the fields, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea are swept away. Critical problem. So as God is seeing all these symptoms, God then goes on to make a diagnosis. What is the diagnosis? The diagnosis is what now we are finding in verse number 6. And the Bible now is saying, my people are perishing. The reason why there is all these things that are going on, it is because of lack of knowledge. So lack of knowledge then becomes the diagnosis. Am I talking to somebody in the house? <laughs> lack of knowledge then becomes what? The diagnosis, that is the actual problem. Everything that we are seeing, there are symptoms of a problem. But the real problem is lack of knowledge. Can I speak to a Pentecostal church this morning? God did not say, my people are perishing because of lack of prayer. God did not say, my people are perishing because of lack of all nights. God is not saying, my people are perishing because there are no prayer retreats. God is not saying, my people are perishing because there are no conferences. He is saying, in the midst of all religious activities, still my people are perishing. And what is causing them to perish? It is lack of Talk to me, church. It is lack of what? It is lack of knowledge. Allow me to couple that with Proverbs chapter number 29, verse number 18. Proverbs 29, verse number 18 from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, When people do not accept divine guidance... The popular translation, it says, my people perish. No, so the popular translation says, where there is no vision, my people perish. Or they cast off restraints. But I like the New Living Translation, it says, when people do not accept divine guidance. Remember, God is saying, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they have rejected the knowledge of God. And they've also ignored the law of God. And the prophet is saying, when people make a decision not to accept divine guidance, what is the end result? They run wild. 
if I'm to put my own uh, 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 expanded translation, I would say they will run wild and weird. It is my prayer this morning that you are not wild and weird. So when we look at Hosea chapter number 4 verse number 6, we can all maybe summarize that by simply saying, lack of knowledge is the mother of destruction. It is lack of knowledge that is the mother of what? Of destruction. The context of Hosea chapter number 4, God was not addressing the whole nation directly. But this was God speaking to the priest. He is communicating to the priest and he's saying to them, because of you, my people are perishing. Because you, the priest, you have rejected knowledge. You, the priest, you have forgotten. I, I don't like the word forgotten. You have ignored because it is easy to hide away by using the term forgetting. Am I right? You know, there are people who have run away from issues that they were supposed to take responsibility over because they say, you know what, I forgot. But if I come to you and say you didn't forget, you ignored. It's a different thing, isn't it? There's, there's, there's an aspect of being intentional. You, you did not uh, take due diligence, hence you are ignoring. I'll explain that a little bit further. Now, so God is having an issue with the priest. Why the priest? Because when you go to Malachi, not Malachi in Venge, when you go to Malachi chapter number 2, verse number 7 from the New King James Version, when you go to Malachi 2 verse number 7, it says, for the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge. The lips of the priest should keep knowledge. For what reason? And people should seek the law from his mouth. So the lips of the priest are supposed to preserve or to keep knowledge so that the people of God can come and seek understanding of the law of God from the mouth of the priest. But here is the problem. The custodians of the law of God have rejected the knowledge. Number one, that's the first level. The custodians of the law of God, they have ignored the law of God. As a result, the people that are supposed to come to inquire from those who have been entrusted with the knowledge of God are no longer giving that knowledge. So as a result, people are now living without any reference to God. I hope I'm teaching good this morning. So the nation of Israel is now living day by day, making decisions without any reference from the word of God. And yet at the same time, they are expecting to walk in the blessings of God. 
yet there is a rejection, yet there is a forgetfulness of the word of God. But the problem is starting with the priest. <clears throat> the priest have rejected. To reject is to decline. Have you ever made an application? Maybe you're applying for a bank for a bank loan. Or you're applying for a place in the university. And then in all your expectation, the letter and then comes the response. And it's saying, your application has been rejected. What that means, they have declined it. The, the declining of your application, it was not a mistake. It was a decision which they set down processed your application and came to a decision that let us put the big R reject so when now you are coming to the priest the priest is not like they have gone out of their minds it's a situation where they have made a conscious decision to reject the law of God they have made the decision to ignore the word of God. Am I talking to the church this morning? Now, there are consequences of this kind of living. Because when you go to Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 13, let's go there. Isaiah 5, 13, trying to lay a curse around this. Isaiah 5, verse number 13, the New King James Version, it says, Therefore, my people have gone into captivity. In other words, my people have gone into slavery. A good reader of the word, you then ask, why did they go into slavery? What happened? And then this next part says, because they have no knowledge. Am I talking to somebody? The reason the nation of Israel has gone into captivity, into slavery. It is because they have no knowledge. Another translation, it says, because they have rejected knowledge. That is why this morning I'm saying to you, lack of knowledge is the mother of destruction. Lack of knowledge is what? It is the mother of destruction. Brothers and sisters, we experience life in proportion to what we know. We experience life in proportion to the depth of our knowledge. Let me just put a simple example. Maybe something that all majority of people can relate with. Some years back when we came here, you know, people had to regularize their stay. But because other people had no knowledge of the process to regularize your stay, they were operating on the level of information, knowledge that their brothers and sisters were sharing with them. And uh, if you are like me, you know the nature of our brothers and sisters. 
they will give you the kind of information that will keep you in bondage. They will not give you the full information, but the one that will be given will be enough for you to live in constant fear. I know of people that used to sleep in cars. It's very sad. I know of people that used to sleep, not because they don't have a place to live. They would actually go to work and come back and sleep in a car. Why? Because of the level of information that they had. That's why I'm saying we experience life in proportion to the depth of the knowledge that we have. A similar person who is in the same situation, who's got better knowledge or understanding of how things work, was snoring inside the house, yet in the same situation. What is separating the two people is the depth of their knowledge. One person understands that, you know what, I can argue my way and I can present this, I can do A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, and I can come out. The other person does not have full information. So as a result, they order their lives based on the information that they have. Why? Because we experience life in proportion to the depth of the knowledge that we have. So one is living in fear, perpetual fear. The other one is in the same situation, but they're able to go out. And when they see a police car, they're never afraid. Yet the other person in the same situation, when they see a police car going on its way, they will change direction. What is separating the two people is the depth of their knowledge. Is the information that they are carrying. Brothers and sisters, we experience life in proportion to the depth of our knowledge. So if you've got little knowledge of a certain area, you can actually live in bondage. Not because that area has so much power over you. It's because you've got little knowledge over that specific area. So you can actually go through a terrible situation in your relationship, maybe with your children or with your husband. Not because there is a real big situation, but you are responding to the depth of the knowledge that you have about the situation. Have you ever been in a situation whereby you, know, you, are, you are in tears over a situation and then you go to someone, you share them your story and where you're expecting to find somebody who's going to sympathize with you and they can actually start laughing. And they say, ah, honestly, there's no issue here. Right? Have you ever been in that situation? And, and they're saying, but you know what? There's actually, there's no problem here. What are you worrying about? You are having sleepless nights, but someone is coming to you and saying, you know what? There's no problem here. You should go home and sleep. There is no problem here. This thing is going to be okay. The difference between the two people is knowledge. Someone has got knowledge that, you know what, this thing, I've been, maybe they have been through it. And they know that in as much as you are afraid, but this thing is nothing. Because of the depth of what? Of information that they have about that situation. So, the people of Israel, they were now perishing. They're being destroyed. The whole nation is being destroyed, is perishing. But what is causing them to perish is because the level of knowledge that they have about God has been reduced to this level. 
not because God doesn't want to bless them, but because of the proportion of their knowledge about the situation that they were going through. I'll, I'll come back to that one. Let's just talk a little bit about the causes of lack of knowledge. Number one, we discovered that the first cause is what? Rejection. Somebody say rejection. Somebody say rejection. This is the first level of lack of knowledge. It's what? Rejection. Declining. To say no to the word of God. It is when you are living your life, but you are rejecting the word. You are rejecting the knowledge. And then number two, the second level of lack of knowledge, it is forgetfulness. It is forgetfulness. I call it a willful dismissal of information. You are dismissing the information through a decision one is making. So when you come now to the nation of Israel within the context of contending for knowledge, remember, remember I've been building on what I was calling anti-voices, voice that oppose. So here there is what I'm calling an anti-knowledge voice that the people of Israel had to deal with, so with you as well. Now, this voice took me time to discover it, but I thank God for the spirit of discernment. This voice is not an audible voice like, you know, those people who were saying to Bartimaeus, keep quiet. It's not like the 10 spies who came back and they're influencing the whole nation. It's different. This one, it's a silent voice. It's a voice that keeps quiet and does not give you the information you are supposed to be having. Did you get it? It's a voice that doesn't speak loudly. It keeps quiet. It withholds the information that is supposed to liberate you. The priests were supposed to give the knowledge, but what did they do? They, they shut their mouths. So as a result, there was a withdrawal of information, a withholding of vital information. So ultimately, the children of Israel, they are now perishing. Not because there is no information. The information has been withheld. And it is my humble prayer this morning that may everyone whom God has put in line of your life, who is responsible for bringing right information about your life? Never be silent in your life. Ah, am I talking to somebody in the house? It is my prayer this morning that may every destiny helper whom God has put in your path of success, who is responsible for bringing right information into your life, may that person never keep quiet. Because them keeping quiet is going to affect you. Ah, let me bring it home. Every parent has been given a responsibility to give vital information to his or her children. So when a parent withholds information, the impact is going to be felt on children. So it is my prayer, number one, 
when you've got a responsibility from God to release information that is going to help other people so that they don't perish. May God give you the grace never to shut your mouth. May God enable you never to keep quiet. May, 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 may people never shed blood because you are with your holding information that is vital to the success of their lives. That's number one. Number two, if you are the recipient of information, I pray that may your destiny help us never keep quiet. So it's going to call you and I to contend for knowledge and say, God, I don't want to live a life that is a deficiency of knowledge. Why? Because lack of knowledge is the mother of destruction. Think about it. A number of things that you are struggling with right now, we can almost look at them and they will bring us to, to, the, to the level of knowledge that you have about that situation. So as long as your knowledge or the information you have about that situation is not increasing, as long as the information is not increasing, as long as knowledge is not increasing in that area, you know what? You're going to continue to go through the same challenge. Why? Because knowledge is the game changer. The more information you have about a certain situation, what you used to call a problem before, it ceases to be a problem. Not because the situation has been removed, but because you have upgraded your knowledge. So your interpretation of the same situation changes. Your perception of the same situation, it changes. What has changed? It is knowledge. Yeah, that's why I say this morning, I'm coming with a heart of empowerment. So whatever you are struggling with in life, here's what I want you to begin to do. Increase the level of knowledge in that area. Imagine the church this morning. Invest in knowledge. Increase your understanding of that particular area. I remember during the lockdown, I remember during the lockdown, you know, we had to do church online. The early days of the lockdown, we're okay. Because our two technical gurus would come home and uh, set up everything and pastor is just concerned about his Bible and his notes. Then there came a time when the situation got so bad to the extent that the technicals were no longer allowed to come. And now pastor was beginning to have some technical issues that the solution could never be found in Psalm 23. No matter how much I prayed, uh, the, 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 the scripture could not tell me where to plug in this cable. I needed to upgrade my knowledge about the technicals. So I remember sometimes when I finished preaching, I would go on YouTube and spend time and time, and the technical gurus would be, would be just forwarding videos, links. <laughs> Pastor, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this. You know, there was the sound side, 
And there was also the picture side because these are two different things. Yeah. Now remember the other time I had to, let me just walk you this, Jane. It was quite interesting. It's a testimony. I remember a, a couple of Sundays. I'll send you one of the pictures if I, if, if, I, if, if I get too excited. I remember one of the Sundays. I had to put a computer in front of me. Right. Like that one. Which on the corner there. For me to see everything that is happening that you guys are seeing. Because what you're seeing there is exactly what people online are seeing. So I had that computer on one side. I had my iPad with my notes for preaching next to it. Then I had my other computer on the left side with WhatsApp open so that when Emmanuel is sending messages, I'm able to see them that pastor do this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then I had that black computer which runs everything. So I had four gadgets in front of me. And the pastor is supposed to be concentrating on the actual message. Yeah? And I remember the other Sunday, I'm sure you can remember that Sunday, I remember the other Sunday, the picture went off. So what I would do when the picture went off, there were some tricks that I was taught by Manu that, you know what, put this banner so that people don't see what you're doing. But while I'm doing that, I'm preaching, but at the same time, I'm going behind the camera to put a new battery, and I'm still preaching. So that you and I can what have knowledge. And then there was the first time I did not know what to do. Because my knowledge was limited. And I remember when I finished that service, I had to go on YouTube straight away. And I told myself, I don't want a repeat of this next hand. In Jesus' name. But in as much as I made that prayer, I needed to increase my knowledge. So next Sunday, I came, I was prepared. Now with all my four screens in front of me, I was able to execute Sunday as if nothing is going there. Why? Because I had increased my knowledge about that area. So I was able to overcome the situation. You know, the next Sunday, the camera went off a little bit, and I knew what to do. I didn't panic. I just quickly switched on the banner, and then it put a banner on front there. And then I stood up. I continued to talk. Went on the camera, put my battery there, came back and sat back, and I removed the banner, and I'm there on the screen. And you didn't see anything. Why is it that I was able to do that? I increased my knowledge. Because of the increase of knowledge, the second time I did not panic. Same situation, but now I'm handling it differently. What is the difference? It's knowledge. It's knowledge. And I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, it is important in your life as a believer that you don't reject knowledge. I could have said to you, man, you're not, I'm your pastor. You know, all these links that you're sending me, you listen to them and you summarize and you tell me what to do. I could have simply done that. But what did I, I had to increase my level of knowledge so that I can handle this situation. But when you and I reject knowledge, we are inviting destruction in our lives. Can I put it differently? Lack of knowledge is magnetic. It attracts destruction. That's what it does. So every time you're operating in a certain area, make it a point in your life that I'm going to increase my level of what? 
I want to increase my level of knowledge. There are some things that we are crying over that you are not supposed to be crying over. If only we can increase our level of knowledge. If only we can increase our level of knowledge. So the first cause is what? Rejection. The second cause is what? Forgetfulness. It's a willful dismissal. So I can have my phone here. And then I put it. Can I put it? Don't want it to fall. All right, I'll put it on the corner here. We can see it. Rejection happens when I'm looking at something, but I choose to decline it. It's there. I'm not taking it. That's why other virgins, they say ignorance. It's there, but I make a decision not to what? To use the phone. But when it comes to forgetfulness, forgetfulness is now a higher degree of rejection. Because forgetfulness, the phone is there, but I erase the phone in my mind. To the extent that even when I'm looking here, my mind is no longer registering that there's a phone. Even though the phone is what? Is in front of me, but I get to a level where my mind is no longer acknowledging or uh, uh, accepting that there is a, a phone in front of me. That is forgetfulness. It's a willful dismissal of information. It normally happens when you dwell in rejection habitually. The word of God comes, you reject it. You have a situation, you reject the word of God. You have a situation, you're given uh, you know, advice in the word of God, you reject it. The more you do that again and again, you get to a point where your mind no longer sees even the word of God in front of you. So ultimately, you begin to make decisions that you have no reference to the word of God. But yet at the same time, you are expecting a miracle and a breakthrough from God. Brothers and sisters, it's not going to happen. One of my great leaders from back home would say it can't. Rejection and then dismissal or forgetfulness of information. Now, what God was having issue with the people of Israel, it was a rejection of the law of God. Right? Rejection of what? Of the law of God or of the word of God. Proverbs chapter number 2 verse number 6. Proverbs 2 verse number 6 it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2 verse number 6. For the Lord gives what? Wisdom. So here is the source of knowledge. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. That is why Jesus could say in Matthew 4, verse number 4, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from where? Talk to me, church. But by every word that proceeds from where? From the mouth of God. And Proverbs is saying, from the mouth of God comes knowledge. I hope you're seeing the connection here. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What kind of a word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Proverbs 2, verse number 6. From his mouth comes knowledge. The right information that you need pertaining to life. 
comes from the mouth of God. So that means the source of knowledge is not YouTube. Your source of knowledge as a believer is not these forwarded messages on WhatsApp. The source of knowledge for a believer is God and God himself. Very important to pay attention to every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, when you are dealing with knowledge, there are two dimensions to knowledge. They are also progressive, so you cannot have one without the other. There are two dimensions of knowledge. The first dimension of knowledge is informational. It's to do with what? Information. That is the first level where you got to know. That is why when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil, in Matthew chapter number 4, Jesus was able to come and say, it is written. Why? Because he had information. Yeah? Because he had what? Information. Do you know, just at this level, you can actually knock the devil down. A lot of believers are easily deceived because they don't have the right information. Jesus was able to say it is written because he read it. How then are you going to be able to say it is written when you are not reading it? Because for Jesus, we can actually prove that he read. Because when you go to Deuteronomy 6, it's there what he said. To prove that this man read. He had the right what? He had the right information. So it's important as a child of God. Get, to, get in the habit of investing in the right information. In your spiritual work, in your relationships, in your career, in your finances... In your prayer life, get in the habit of increasing right information. For me, this is what I normally say to people. You know, if you are if you are a prayer man or a prayer warrior, you must invest in information. Because sometimes I worry so much because the Bible says in James, my you, you don't receive because you pray. You lack information. Because the reason why you're praying amiss is because you don't have the right information. That is why the disciples had to come to Jesus the other day. They said, teach us to what? Give us the right information. Because you can engage in an activity. But if you don't have right information, you are going to have an activity that is wrong. The overall picture of it is right, but you are doing it the wrong way. As a result, you don't get... Why? Because you are leaking the right information. I hope I'm not scaring someone this morning. So the first dimension of knowledge is what? Information. It doesn't matter area that you are in. Strive to invest in what? In knowing a lot about that particular area. I'm a preacher of the word, but... The knowledge that I have now about filming, obviously it doesn't surpass Yana's knowledge. I try to go past here, but I can't because she's always ahead of me. But the knowledge that I have now of 
IT is better than I had before the pandemic. Because there is an increase of what? There's an increase of knowledge. The point that sometimes when I go to the national, they think I'm a guru. But I, I was just willing to learn from others so that I can what? I can increase knowledge. But the second dimension of knowledge above information, it is experience. So there is the first dimension, informational. The second dimension is what? Experiential. This is a level where you have gone past the level of information. You now know based on experience. Right. What you know is not just a result of information, but what you know is now a result of what? Of experience. Ah, and, and I'm praying that may God give us the grace because this is where I want you and I to move in that direction. Now, when we talk of the experiential knowledge, this is where Daniel would say, they that know their God shall carry out what? They shall carry out great exploits. The knowledge that Daniel has got, it is beyond information. It is someone who's got an experience with God. I have walked with God to come to a level of knowing that they that know their God, they shall carry out great exploits. Not just those who've got information, but those who know their God. That is experiential. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? Experiential knowledge is Paul on his way to Damascus. Before the Damascus experience in chapter number 9 of Acts, Paul had information about God because he was learned. He passed through the hands of a great teacher called Gamaliel. Yeah. He had what? He had information to the extent that if you were to ask Paul and say, Paul, tell us about light. God is the light. He would tell you based on information that he has read or taught by Gamaliel. But when he had an encounter with God on his way to Damascus, he saw another light. That is not only known by information or by reading, but by experience. And he will tell you now that, you know what? If we are to talk of God being the light, my knowledge is not based on information in the books. My information is based on my experience. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? So, for you and I as a believer, I'm saying to you, never settle on the level of information. Move yourself to the dimension of experiencing. Where you say, I know God, number one, yes, because I have read about him in the word of God. But now, I have seen the Lord like Job. Why? Because I have had an experience. I had an encounter with him to the point that when the enemy comes and he begins to argue with me at information level, I will just upgrade the level and begins to talk to him not only on the level of information but on the level of experience. That is why God would say to, to in, the, in, in the book of Psalms that Israel knew my acts 
but Moses knew my ways. They knew the acts based on information of what they were seeing. But as for Moses, he was a man who would go on Mount Sinai. And he would tell you that if I'm to talk about the glory of God, you guys, you know the glory based on what I'm telling you. But as for me, I actually get on Mount Sinai and I experience the glory of God. So when Moses is talking about the glory of God, it's not based on information. It's based on experience. I have been in the cloud of glory. I know the thickness of the glory of God. Not by information, but by experience. And I am praying today. I am praying in this hour. I am praying to this generation of believers that may you have an experiential knowledge where when you begin to talk about God, it's not just limited to information that Pastor Danny preached at church. You know God because you have an encounter with God. Because you have an experience with God. Brothers and sisters, we will never overcome the devil if you operate at information level. We've got to move to the level of experiencing God. Paul will tell you that I knew God before based on information. But one day I was locked behind bars. And in there we began to sing praises unto God. And the chains were loosened. The iron gates were opened. And you tell you that I know God based on my experience, not based on the information. And I'm praying to you, child of God, may you upgrade your knowledge of God from information to experience where you say I want to know him in the power of his resurrection I am tired of people talking to me about the God now I want to experience him I want to see him with my eyes I want to hear him with my own ears it's a call to experience him it's that knowledge that is going to remove distraction in your tent It's that level of information that is going to chase away demons in your house. Where when you go to sleep, you are no longer afraid of wizards. Because you know that the one that I've encountered is different. His presence is in my life. When he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm talking not based on information, but I'm talking based on my experience of his presence. based on my experience of his knowledge, of knowledge of, of him. I refuse, I don't know about you, I refuse to have head knowledge about God. I'm refusing to, to settle on head knowledge about God. Is the entry level, information is the entry level to knowledge. You need it, but you can't settle at that level. You need to rise to the level where, where like Job says, Nakambons, what I've heard about God, but now my eyes have seen the Lord. This is experience knowledge. Where you, you, you cannot easily be talked out of God when you've got an experience. 
when you, when you got an experience, you are not easily deceived. Because your decisions are going to be based on the experience that you had with God. That is why it was difficult to move Paul after the Damascus experience. Because he told you that, ah, the, the light that I saw, no, 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 no turning back anymore. I had an encounter with him. And I am praying this morning, one of my big assignments, especially through this series, it is to stay your heart. It is to stay your heart so that you can have this hunger in you. So that you can have this deep hunger, this deep desire, a craving inside of you where you rise up and you say, enough of settling of information. I want to experience God in my life. I no longer want to live just in the natural, but now I want the supernatural in my life. It's a decision that you've got to make. It's a decision that you and I got to come in and make. Allow me just to conclude with this one. As a homework, it's empowerment, isn't it? As something to begin to apply in your life. There are four different kinds of knowledge that I want you to begin to work on and invest. Four different kinds of knowledge. The first one is found in Acts chapter number 18, 24. Acts 18, verse number 24. The Bible says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, somebody say Apollos. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was learned, he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. With what? A thorough knowledge of the scriptures. So the first kind of knowledge I want to encourage you to begin to invest in is what I'm calling the knowledge of the scriptures. It's the knowledge of of the scriptures. So that means you need to have now a better order to upgrade your relationship with your Bible. You now need to upgrade your relationship with your Bible. Because you are never going to master this one if you are not going to be reading your Bible. This man was thoroughly knowledgeable of the scriptures. Of the scriptures. His name is what? Apollos. Acts chapter number 18, verse number 22. So it is important as a believer, this is the starting point. Invest in your knowledge of the scriptures. Invest in the knowledge of what? Of the scriptures. The second kind of knowledge to invest in is you are now investing in the scriptures. Number two, it is the knowledge of God. Number one, knowledge of the scriptures. Number two, knowledge of 2 Corinthians 2 verse number 14. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. So there is, a, there is a knowledge that is called the knowledge of God. So as you are investing in the knowledge of the scriptures, number two, 
what you are looking in there, it is the knowledge of God. There is a difference between the knowledge of God and the knowledge about God. We don't want just to know about God. We want to know God. I like 2 Corinthians 10 verse number 5. Under knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 verse number 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So there is what? A knowledge of God. The enemy fights this one. The knowledge of God in your life. So he's saying we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So there is the knowledge of, there is the knowledge of God. Colossians 1 verse number 10. Under the same title. Colossians 1 verse number 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in what? So that means there is room for growth in the knowledge of God. There is room for growth in the knowledge of God. So number one, the first kind of knowledge is what? The knowledge of the scriptures. Number two is the knowledge of God. From the knowledge of God, we move on to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God. I like Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 11 to 12 to 13. I want verse number 13, but I'll, I'll, I'll give context. Verse number 11, Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 11. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the fivefold ministry. For what reason? To equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ, you and I, may be built up until we reach, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Until we reach the unity in the faith and also in the knowledge of the Son of God. So there is a kind of knowledge that is called the knowledge of the Son of God. Where you invest in knowing about Christ. Where you invest in knowing about the person of Christ and the work of Christ. Am I talking to the church this morning? The last one. It is called the knowledge of truth. The knowledge of what? Of truth. First Timothy 2 verse number 4. First Timothy. Oh, let, me, let me start with 2 Timothy chapter number 3 verse number 7. 2 Timothy 3 verse number 7. Timothy is talking about these people and he says, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of truth ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of what? And I, I pray that may God save us from this one. Where, where, where you learn a lot but you never come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, let me repeat it. Everybody look at me. I really want this one to sink. Where you learn but you never come to the knowledge of what? Where you keep taking information but you're never arriving to the knowledge of the truth. 
I refuse upon your life that you continue to sit down in church and receive more and more and more information, but you are never arriving to the knowledge of the truth. I was meditating upon this and I was thinking, if church was to be approached from a school perspective, a proper classroom perspective, and if we were to write a test based on what you learned in 2021, how many would pass the test? Think about it. How many would pass the test? Majority will fail, not because there was no information, but you were taking so much information, but you were never arriving to the truth. How do I know that I've arrived to the knowledge of the truth? It's in application. It's in what? The only way that we know that you know, we have to see what you're doing with the information that we're given. Am I correct? That is why exams are given in schools. To see whether you now know what you claim you know. So they give you a test and say, apply the, the information in a real life what? In a real life situation. Otherwise, it would be dangerous to have Mrs. Singaru go and train to be a nurse. Acquire information, but then when it comes to giving someone an injection, she doesn't know. The only way we know that she now knows what she learned, we have to give her the injection and a client, and also not a client, a patient. And we say, let's do it. Then we know that you know. When I was growing up, I was taught that knowledge or understanding, it is not in inhaling, it's exhaling. If you, want to, if you want to know that, you know, it's not in what you are taking inside, what you are breathing in. It's what you are taking out. Then we know that you what? You know. So the only way, myself as your pastor, that I know that you know, it is when you are going through a situation and then I see how you are responding to the information. Because there is, I can guarantee you this one, there is no situation that you are ever going to face that your pastor has never addressed in this church. I can prove you this. If you open your notebook, I can point you. I can point it in your notebook that, you know what, this situation, pastor preached this message about this situation. But the difference is, are you now able to retrieve the information and apply it now in your own life? It's arriving to the knowledge of the truth. I like the silence because it tells me it's sinking. So how then do you overcome an anti Knowledge voice. Just one thing, then we stand up and pray. How then do you overcome an anti-knowledge voice? Malachi 2 verse number 7. We read this one and we'll come back to it. Malachi 2 verse number 7. For the lips of the priest preserve, should keep knowledge or preserve knowledge. I like the next part which says, And people should seek the law from his mouth. So when it comes to knowledge, how do you overcome anti-knowledge voices? Seek knowledge. Somebody say seek knowledge. Somebody say seek knowledge. You're going to be willing to seek knowledge. No one is going to seek knowledge on your behalf. You've got to do it for yourself. Seek information. And look for that information in the right sources. Seek what? Seek information. And the people should seek the law of the Lord. 
people should seek the law of the Lord. And when you are seeking the knowledge of the word of God, you are looking at, remember, the two dimensions, the information and the experience. I'm seeking. So each and every day of my life, I'm searching the scriptures. I'm opening the word of God. I'm reading the word of God. Where I don't understand, I ask. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. I had a privilege the other day, Mr. K came home and I showed him kind of like my system of preparing for, for Sunday messages. The number of books that I have to read while I'm praying for me just to, to have a 45 minutes to 60 minutes message takes me hours and hours during the course of the week to go through that. And on top of that, I listen to messages and messages around that topic. What is it that God said about this subject to other men of God? Because the revelation has consistency in it. Revelation has consistency. You know, there is nothing new under the sun. So you're taking time. I'm listening to other messages. I can tell you a couple of days ago, I listened to a message that was five hours long. I just want to learn. It had nothing to do with what I'm preaching here for my own growth. In addition to that, I think I'd listened to about three, three, three messages that are at least one hour long minimum. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. This is just listening on top of the other books that I read. I was talking to Mr. Gay. Most of the times when I'm doing the, when I'm studying the word of God, at least I, I have to reference a minimum of 30, 30 areas of books, different books to figure out what is it that God said about this subject. Those who studied this subject, what is it that they found out in this area? And then on top of that, I've got my time in prayer. Seeking the revelation of God. Sometimes I go out for a walk. Not because I just want a walk. Yes, I, I like to exercise. But as I'm going out on my walk, it's, I'm busy. I'm processing I'm processing the word of God. I'm allowing my spirit even to hear God. What am I doing? I'm seeking knowledge. I'm seeking what? I'm seeking knowledge. I want to believe that this, this was almost the kind of prayer that David was making and saying, you know what? As a deer pants for the streams of the waters, so my soul longs after you. You know, it's a situation where you say, I'm not going to settle where I am. I, I want more of God. I really want more of God. And the more you are reading, the more you're studying, the more you discover that you know, there's more for me to know. The more the hunger, and I like it so much. <laughs> you know, you read something and you think, now I think now I know. And then, and then the Spirit of God takes you a little bit further where you begin to have questions. And I'm looking, so what is the answer to this question? studying more. Seek. Seek knowledge. Seek knowledge. Don't be bullied by the devil because you are not upgrading your level of knowledge. Refuse. Refuse. Refuse in this season that I'm not going to allow the devil to whisper discouragement in my ears because I'm not upgrading my level of knowledge. Refuse it. Refuse it. In your marriage, upgrade your knowledge of what? of relationships. YouTube is there. Google is there. There's some information there good for you. At least read. Uh, uh, how, how do I manage this? Increase what? 
Increase your knowledge. If God has placed upon you the heart for prayer, have books about prayer. Follow men and women of God who talk on the subject of what? Of prayer. Aim, 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 aim to become a master in that area. Where when people begin to talk about prayer, they will say, you know what, we need to inquire Mrs. Manyao. Example. Why? Because you are investing in that area. When people want to know about faith, may they say, let's go and ask Mr. Machipis. Here, I'm just giving his what? His examples. The very same way that I do when I'm at National, if I get stuck with a computer, I'll just tell them, give me one minute. Hello, Emmanuel. <laughs> then in two minutes when I go back there, I've got a what? A solution and that they're clipping ends for me. Seek to increase your knowledge of God. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. Have you learned something this morning? Have you learned something this morning? I want us to pray, but before we pray, I want you to do something that we normally do. Today, I just came with the garment of empowerment. I just want you to turn to somebody you're standing next to. I just want you to share with them one or two areas that have impacted your life, something that you're going to do, something that has resonated so well in your life as far as knowledge is concerned. Just speak to them. I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds as the present worship team is coming up, up here. It's an empowerment. It's an empowerment. What have you got? What have you got? If you're online, please do go ahead and just type also. You can type in the comment section. Type in the comment section. What have you learned today? What have you learned today? I'm not going to try to become, you know, too spiritual about this. I want your mind to have the right knowledge. I want your mind to have the right knowledge, the right information. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description.